0: This is Helping of Happiness, episode number 160. Today we have on therapist Nikki Olson from Nikki Olson Coaching, and she is going to share some insight on how to help kids develop social skills with their peers and also with the adults in their lives. And this is going to be aimed even more specifically to kids with ADHD, but it will definitely apply to all the kids of all different ages in your life. We talk about how to do this with young kids, with teenagers, with kids that are adults, so this is just going to be a fantastic episode. Hi, I'm Hilary Hess, and you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I am a crazy mom of seven kids who loves to build memories through eating delicious family recipes and going on adventures with my family. On this podcast, you'll be introduced to light-filled people and ideas that inspire me to be a better mom and help me bring family closer together and closer to Jesus Christ. Hello! Really quick before we get started, I just thought it would be fun to give you one of my favorite little ideas for Christmas presents that I have been able to find lately that does not clutter up your house and that is the gift that just keeps on giving and it doesn't even have to deal with any of supply issues that we've been having. So this is the Lily and Thistle watercolor school right now just from now until Friday at midnight. So if you're listening to this but bef- in that time frame hurry up and jump on it while you can. But it's a buy one get one free lifetime access to the water school. So you buy a membership, and then you can give it to a friend. Isn't that fabulous? And I think of all, maybe if you're a grandma listening, you could buy one for one, you know, grandchild family, and then give one to the other grandchild family, or you can go in with a friend and split up the cost, whatever you want to do. But it's so amazing. We have used this through our homeschool. We've used it now that we're back in regular school. We love it on the weekends. We love it during school breaks. We love to use, she has so many cute little things for different holidays. Sometimes we'll paint her little templates and then we'll use them for place cards or for decorations or, or we just learn how to paint and the kids just paint it. So anyway. It's just so fantastic, and I just love it, and I know for me, I'm always looking for ideas that isn't just more stuff to be in my house, so I love this because it's a talent the whole family can work on together if they want, or if it's just you, or just your kids, but it's really fun, and it's it's just going to be covering all the ages if you're brand new to watercolor, or if you've been doing a little watercolor. It's awesome. So, we've had so you maybe have heard of Lillian Thistle before. Lillian Thistle is my friend Hannah Anderson Stevenson. Sorry I always call her by my main name that um has went I grew up with her and we went to college together too, but we she's been on our podcast several times and she's just such a beautiful soul and I just love everything she puts out. So, anyway, forgive my scratchy voice. Luckily, we recorded this episode with Nikki before I got sick. So, my voice should be there during that episode. So enjoy it. Go to our show notes, get those links and enjoy the month of Christmas getting ready. Nikki, it is so fun to be back together. It has been a long time. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? I am so happy to be chatting with you today. It is just I just always have such a good time when we get together. So. Thank you. And you walk me through all of my parenting things in public for all to hear, but hopefully other people are, can learn something from my little session with you on the podcast. So yes. no, I'm happy to do it. Happy to do it. Well, let's um, have you just tell us really briefly about your family. You've been on several times before, but it's been a while since you've been on. So tell us a little bit about your family and also a little bit about what you do, because you do so many amazing things.
1: You so
0: um so my name's
1: Nikki Olson and I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor. I live in a little teeny tiny town in southeast Utah called Landing, and um I have two not so little girls. I keep saying little, and they're not little. They're 11 and 13. (laughs) And uh, my husband works here at the school district, and I am a therapist at our local. Um, community mental health. And then I also own an online coaching business where I help LDS women learn to receive revelation so that they can prioritize their day better through the spirit and help their loved ones and just gain access to the enabling power of Christ physically and mentally.
0: Which is so powerful. And we, if, if people listening want to go back and hear more about that, about your personal revelation booklet, I'll link that up here because it's just amazing how that just opens the windows of heaven I love it
1: I actually updated it well maybe we'll talk about it a little bit but I updated that journal and then I have a mini version of that journal for the holidays so you can have oh, it.
0: oh awesome to- yes okay I'm gonna make a note let's talk about that at the end that's yeah. awesome okay yes we all want to hear about that Yeah. okay so our topic today we talked about almost two years ago. Can you believe it was almost two years ago? How have we known each other this long? I don't know.
1: On episode
0: 91, it was all about talking about ADHD. And we talked about sleep and we talked about homework, all those really tough times of day with kids with ADHD. But today, just give me more insight. I have more problems in my home today. (laughs) I would love some insight on how to help kids with ADHD, and I'm sure this can even relate to all kids probably, Right, right? develop social skills with their peers and also with adults in, our, in their lives too. Because I mean, I feel like I'm surrounded by this, not only in my own home, but my kids, friends that have it, or the, as I serve in my church, I have girls in my group that have it. And it yeah. feels like it's just all around me right now.
1: So you're, you're immersed in it. I'm immersed. I'm immersed to learn something about
0: it. <laughs> I am. I am. Well, and I listened to one of those talks at conference and it was on mental health and I can't not remember the name right now, but I know you probably know that talk, yeah. but yeah. it talked about how we needed to learn more about mental health. And so that is, I'm just seeking more information right now. So If first of all, can you give us just a quick rundown maybe about what ADHD is and kind of what's happening in the brain for people that haven't been immersed in ADHD like I have been lately? Yes,
1: absolutely. So a lot of times we think of ADHD as um, an inability or a lack of ability ability to focus, but actually it's an over-focus, over-focusing problem. Okay. So um, when you have ADHD, are we overfocus on the things that are more interesting or of more priority than the things that aren't? So if anything sounds or looks or feels more interesting, then the attention will go to that and over and hyper focus on that. Okay. And the reason that happens is that ADHD affects the executive functioning part of our brain. So that part of our brain houses the ability to problem solve, manage time, organize communication, empathy, emotion regulation. And it's not that that we don't have those abilities, it's that the pathways to that part of the brain are slowed down or blocked, okay? So with ADHD, then that ability to access those skills becomes a slower process. But what's happening on the back end is the thoughts are coming faster. So you have an inundation of thoughts coming really fast and then almost a funnel effect, right? Of funneling down and trying to get all those thoughts into the executive functioning part of your brain where you can access the skill to deal with all the input that's coming your way. So
0: it's almost like a backlog. And so it's all just slammed in at the same time. Okay. Yeah,
1: Yeah. So medication oftentimes will open up those networks
0: and help that.
1: And um, the other thing that can help, the reason why therapy helps in a lot of the things that we work on are creating skills and habits that become almost a muscle memory so that you don't need to access that executive functioning brain to do it. You just habit, it. You do it. You do it out of habit. Like it becomes something that you turn to because you've practiced it so much.
0: And Which seems like we'll a great about. solution for people that don't want to be medicated or maybe just need both, right? Exactly. Exactly. You can't, it's going to be difficult to just
1: rely on medication if you don't learn some sort of skills, because, um, you're going to have habits that form because you, it was untreated for a period of time. Right. And so then those habits become just kind of what you do and how you coped. But also a lot of times we see depression and anxiety develop because of untreated ADHD because you don't know what's happening. You don't know like why it's happening. And so you start developing depression because you blame yourself or anxiety because you don't know what's going on. But the other thing I wanna add in about ADHD is, so it used to be called ADD, and then you either had hyperactive or impulsive, but now everything's just called ADHD, meaning uh, uh, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And then you have three different types that you can have, okay? So then we add in like what type you have. So as a therapist, you this is the diagnosis part, but there, it's important to know this too. So you have the hyperactive part, you can have in, um, inattentive type, or you can have both, what we call combined type, okay? And it's important to know that, not for medication necessarily wise, but it's important to know where you might be struggling with that what I notice is people who have, uh, are diagnosed with inattentive type often go undiagnosed for a long period of time because they've learned to cover it up because mm-hmm. it's not that they're restless. It's not that they're fidgeting in their seat. It's more of their brain isn't processing things the way that they're taking that in. And so they've learned to, um, like teenage girls are a very good example of this because they're, they're pleasing, right? They want to please people. So they've learned to keep their head down, but inside their mind is that funnel effect is happening. Right. And that's very anxiety producing, but they know they won't get in trouble in class. If they just keep their head down and look like they're working right. Or they, they spend hours and hours and hours on their homework because they're trying to focus and get right back on. Let me funnel everything through here. Let me shove this in the funnel and figure this out. But they're spending hours doing that. And it, so that can create a lot of anxiety and depression. If, and outside people don't see the struggle.
0: Right. right? They just they see the anxiety or the depression sometimes. Yeah.
1: yeah. You don't see it until yeah. the, the, those other things start manifesting themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So then it's caught a lot later. Mm-hmm. with that. And so then you're dealing with the ADHD and the anxiety and, or the depression with it and treating that. So it's important to know the type, but also be looking for those signs, like the inattentive type um, and really understanding like, okay, I might be, if I'm telling my kid, like, Hey, 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 listen, 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 focus here. Or maybe they are, they walk into a room and you ask them to do something and they're just not following instructions, but it's not a defiance thing. Sometimes in boys, it often comes out as a defiance thing. But when we look at it with girls, then it tends to be more of um, like, um, this isn't a very good term, but like a space cadet, (laughs) almost like it feels like, man, they're just spacing out all the time, right? And that's the way it looks, but they're not being defiant necessarily. So I have a lot of parents that bring their kids in and just say that they're defiant. When in reality, what's happening is their brain is not functioning the way it needs to. And the parent makes this, this um, kind of uh, not a judgment, but just an observation that the reason why they think the kid is doing it, but internally the child may not be doing it because they want, they're not being defiant. They just can't get their brain to do what they
0: want it to do. That makes so much sense to me. (laughs) Yeah. I see so much of that, especially the kind of space cadetty thing yes. that, that goes on a lot at our house and it kind of segued into depression for a while. And so we thought it was just depression. And then as other things have happened, we're starting to realize, wait, I don't think that was actually the route. I think we need to go back over here. And, well, and that's how you really tricky. want to walk. Yeah. You want to get down to the root because you can treat
1: the symptoms of depression. You could do medication for the depression, but the root cause is still there. Right. And you're sort of just masking it up. Yeah. And so it really is important to get down to that root of like, okay. And ADHD is just a, it's a chemical that's keeping you from doing that. Right. Like there isn't anything wrong. Nothing happened to cause it. Nobody is bad or wrong. And that's the hard part. A lot of times is that, you know, medication gets a stigma around it, right? It's like, okay, I don't want to medicate my kid. I don't want to do that. But if your kid had had a diabetes, you would not have that same reaction. You would not say, I don't want to medicate my kid. I'll just make them exercise more. I'll just make them eat healthier foods. You can't medic, you can't do that. Like you can do that and help, but you can also have a resource at the tip of your hands that can help your child be able to have relief from that and not overworking themselves through the skills. Skills are great, but if they're overworking themselves through the skills and you could just have the medication help open those networks up and give them relief from that while they're working on the skills, while they're developing it, then the cool thing about ADHD medications is you can take them as needed. You don't Mm -hmm. have to take, if you get on the right ones, you can take them um, just when they need them they can start to learn how to take them. Like I have a test today, right. I'll use my skills the other days and I'll take my test. You know, I'll take it when I have a test or I have, you know, I see adults that are like, I'll just take it when I have a long meeting or, you know, yeah. things like that. I have so, a big,
0: that. I have a big thing at work happening this week. So I need yeah. to be more, I get that. So, so if we
1: can, we can give the kids some relief while they're learning these skills. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the medication can help provide and open those networks and they can like, access their memory again they can access the ability to focus and stay focused on something they can learn these things right like they can get caught up on maybe their reading ability their math ability they can um, be able to interact with peers better because it affects their their ability to interact with peers because that executive functioning part of their brain is what houses all of the the interaction skills right communication empathy, problem solving, right? Organizing. And you need that within peer relations. And so if you are not accessing that, and then you're having to learn skills and they're like, I just really don't want to do this because I'm exhausted. It's exhausting to have ADHD
0: and, um, to have everything running a mile a minute in your mind. Yeah. And then trying to
1: shove it through a funnel and Mm. and process slower. And so uh, it's it's not that I'm like a, a you have to have medication, but I'm a big proponent and advocate of it because you can provide your kids some relief, right? You don't have to really work with a provider that's willing to not overmedicate, mm-hmm. and and you do have to be careful. It is a controlled substance. You don't want to like advertise that you have these things in your home or things like that. But um, you you can work around some of those fears and worries and get educated on it so that you feel more comfortable.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. I think that helps take some of the fear out of the medication too, for people that are worried about getting hooked on something, or I don't want to turn my kid into a zombie or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Which I think and is part of the stigma, right? And is-
1: you And there are providers out there, you know, that go straight in and give you too much or on the run medication. There's there's multiple types that you can be on, but find a provider that you trust that will take it slow and increase the dose slowly and also will monitor their weight. And that will, I like, I have really good providers that I know that I send my clients to that I'm like, okay, they're gonna, I know they're gonna monitor their weight. I know that they're gonna be monitoring their blood pressure and all of these other things so that it gets doesn't get to that point where it physically affects them. And then you have that balance between, okay, yeah, we're getting results, but we don't want these side effects. Like find a medical provider that's willing to work with you on those and not push you to the point where it's like yeah, but we have to have this high dose, right? Because it's helping. You absolutely don't. You can have relief and not, not be on too high of a dose.
0: That's awesome. So awesome. So last month we had on Katrina from The Deliberate Family. And she talked just a little bit about her Christmas course that she has getting together. So she has this really cool Christmas course for moms. And it's all about making a Christmas that is spiritual and fun to help your kids be more grateful. Really making Christ the focus of your Christmas. Helping you get on top of things for the Christmas season. Maybe you really love Christmas, but you always feel burned out and frenzied in December. Helps you get over the anxiety of gift giving and helps you to create lasting memories. And this is just such a neat course. And we've had our listeners asking us, do we have a coupon code? Do we have a coupon code? So I reached out to Katrina and she got one for us. So you can punch this in when you go to her little checkout there at Deliberate Family. The coupon code for 10% off of this awesome Christmas course is CHRISTMAS10. C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-S 10. 10 10 10. <laughs> so Christmas 10. So you can use that to go get 10% off of this awesome course. And this is such a great time to do this because we're still in November and there's still a little bit of time to get organized before the holidays. Back to Nikki. Okay, so you were talking a little bit about our social interactions. And that is one thing that I notice a lot just being in a youth group with kids and at home I've noticed different things it's like sometimes they just don't know when to take they they don't know they're taking it too far does that make sense with different things and so I could love to just maybe go through the ages a little bit and talk about how we can help because it's very different with my seven-year-old who is doing something compared to my high school senior right I'm not going to be parenting that the same you know Mm -hmm. So, um, let's go, do you maybe want to talk about kind of, we'll start with young kids and their friendships and kind of how we can maybe have some strategies to help them with their friendships when they're young. So
1: when they're younger, this, this skill is going to work a lot better is role play is going to be your best friend. Okay. okay? Because remember how you, I said, you want to get it into their muscle memory, Right. Like those networks where they're accessing the skills to be able to interact with their peers is really slowed down and gonna be hard. So we wanna practice the skills that they need in that moment. So you can observe what they're needing um, and be able to say, all right, I noticed that when um, you, your friend told you to stop and you kept going, right? Then your friend got really mad and went home and then you were really sad because they went home you know, I wonder if we can kind of talk about that and learn a different strategy for dealing with that. So you could teach them the skill of accepting no for an answer. Right. And you can go in and just say, um, you know, let's practice that so that when your friends come over next time, you both don't end up being sad at the end of it and not being able to play with each other. So let's just, and you always break skills down into three or two steps. If they're really little, four steps if there may be like 12. Okay. So kind of, (laughs) of that. but break everything down into a few steps and then just have them practice those steps over and over and over again. So for like accepting no, it could be, all right. When someone says no, you say, okay, you walk away and you find something else to do to get your mind off of it. Okay. So then they know, and then you practice that. So you say, I'll be the friend, you be you. And, and um, I'm going to say no. And then you say, okay, you, you stop doing or leave or whatever that looks like. And then you find something else to do. So in their brain, they're just like, always, okay, fine. Stop, find something else to do. They can just really filter through the steps and figure that out. It's like, stop, um, drop, and roll that you, exactly. that you remember when
0: you're on fire, <laughs> yeah, you remember
1: all of those steps because yeah. it's laid out for you. Right. And you know, and you can, you can sort of tailor that to any situation. You can, you can put you know, you can use accepting no when parents tell you no, or something like that too. But the the thing is, don't just teach them the steps. You have to physically do it with them. It's in the role play that it gets in their muscle memory. Remember memory is also housed in that executive functioning brain. So teaching it to them, isn't going to make a difference. They're not going to learn it. You have to physically practice it and not just once, you're going to have to set up like a system, maybe even like a reward system where if they practice it with you once a day, then there's some sort of reward for them practicing with you. Just like doing chores. It's like a chore for them that yeah. they're going to
0: practice this skill. So it's all the time. It's not like, okay, we're going to do this one time and then you're set. It's exactly. just got to you're keep practicing. It's so much that you're, it,
1: it's just becomes something that they do because they practiced it so much.
0: Okay. That is super helpful. I think especially just because sometimes you just think, well, I told you once, why aren't you getting it? So maybe this takes some of that frustration out that you just already go in expecting that it's going to take more work. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, we've got this. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And for you, yeah, I think it takes the pressure
1: off of the parent because you realize, okay, this is not something that I can just say once and it's taken in and they understand it. They're not being defiant. It literally is not Absorbing it's not sinking in. in, yeah. And so you have to role play, and you can set up this expectation, like, okay, so now in the moment when you see it happening, I can do a reminder of the steps, right? And be like, oh, hey, remember, remember our steps here, right? Or if they're playing with a friend, you can say, hey, come here for a second, you know, like you're gonna tell them something. You go, remember your steps, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or have a code word that you say yeah. in the where they remember their steps when they're with their friends when they're little,
0: like that, you know. That's so great. I love that. Okay. How about teenagers? Cause this is the problem is that I'm not hanging out with my teenagers with their friends. Right. So I don't always know what's going on until I sometimes get feedback from either oh. their siblings or maybe other kids, or they come home and don't understand why something went awry that, you know, and as they explain it, I'm kind of going, Oh, I can see where you misstep there or it's just a little confusing. Right. So um, how do we help them? What is a good way to kind of teach them some of these things? So um,
1: I call this the sandwich effect. This is the best way to sort of give feedback to them. Right. So you're going to give you're going to give feedback to them in the same way um, of like kind of step kind of things. And I'll I'll tell you some in a second. But you want to sandwich that feedback between two positives. Okay. So you want to start out with some, like praising them for something, acknowledging something like, I'm, you know, I'm so grateful that you come talk to me about this and, you know, being able to open up about your feelings really helps you um, work through them. So I really appreciate that. Then you talk about the skill or whatever you're going to teach them and then follow it up with another positive sandwich, right? Like, okay, you know what you, you are a, a really, Kind person, and you really want to help other people, and I really appreciate that about you. You know, so you got to sandwich these things. Otherwise, if they're telling you something, they come to you. However, you gain this information, if you go straight into feedback mode, they're shut down. They're not listening. They feel like they're you're attacking them. And that's like with any kid. I mean, especially teenagers. Yeah, but- you can use this for little kids too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is a and and also you can say to them like, okay you may not do a physical role play but you could run through scenarios with them and have them talk to you about how they might respond to that so it's more of a, a an adult type version like okay so if if they said this what do you think you might say or what do you You're think
0: not you getting out the finger puppets and acting yes. out the yeah. <laughs> yes yeah
1: yeah because one of the other skills i was just thinking of as you're talking about this is i call it the empathy investigator So your ability to understand how someone else might feel in a situation is empathy. Right. And so that is housed also in the executive functioning part of our brain. So when that shuts down or it's slower to get there, um, they're going to be thinking about their own needs before somebody else's needs very quickly, right? That's going to be present. And then their ability to think about somebody else is going to be slowed down and they might not notice it till later, right? Or if ever. And so a skill that we can teach them is to be an empathy investigator. Always try to be thinking about what the other person might be thinking or feeling in this situation. So that's something you could do in the sandwich too, is like, okay, Let's, let's flip this around. How about you're that person and somebody does this to you? What does it feel like when somebody's doing that to you? What do you want to do when somebody's doing that to you? Okay. So now let's turn that back around. That's how your friend felt. So what do you think you can do differently so that your friend doesn't feel that in that time? So always, and you can kind of point, point these out. This is kind of another skill too. any age really is Always be talking about what you think the other person might be feeling, right? So just random movies you're watching, you know, <laughs> you could just yeah. say, hey, what do you think this character is thinking you're feeling? They're not really talking about it. You could pause it and just say that. Or when you're doing family scripture study and it doesn't really say, you could also say, you could pause and just say, hey, you know, what do you think Lehi is thinking and feeling right now? What do you think Nephi is thinking or feeling right now in this? So teaching them to start thinking and about other people and what they're thinking and feeling and being a, sort of an investigator into that.
0: I love that. I think that's so great. And what a wonderful blend of doing something as a family and then using it to your advantage. I think that's incredible to really kind of in, have your little family entertainment or your family scripture study and yeah. also helping their mental health. That's awesome. Or you're at
1: the drive-through and somebody's rude or something to you, right? you like, what do you yeah. think that, thing? why do you think they maybe said that or did that? Like yeah. maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they, the customer before them was mean to them. They can start thinking that way. And it's not always, um, pinpointing the person who might have ADHD in your family out and teaching yeah. them, but it's just a family way that we just, yeah.
0: Do. Oh, it's all of my family needs this time. <laughs> It's not just for In the, general, empathy the is skill means, right? oh, yes there's yeah. always the teasing or the you know the rude talking or whatever they've got going on that day it's always something with kids right yeah. get a bunch of them and you're just going to have a ton of it
1: yes yes which is another skill I was thinking of too and, and I don't know how this maybe this relates to younger kids we can kind of talk about how you implement it but at Asking for what you need out of a relationship, learning how to ask for that. Right. Because like you said, it it becomes the pushing, right? It becomes the pushing or the teasing or the fighting to get what we need. And really, if a lot of times it's like, I just wanted attention from them. Right. Okay. How do you think that you could get attention from them in a way that they want to give it to you? Right. Right. And this could be like a family home evening thing too, where you could in, incorporate little kids and big kids and set up scenarios and just say, okay, um, you know, they're wanting to borrow something from you, you know, instead of going and stealing it, what do you think is the best way to get that? Or they're wanting attention from you. What do you think? <laughs> the
0: ripping best it way? out of their hands. Yeah, yes,
1: exactly. Or they're wanting you to play a game with them but they're already involved in something else. What do you think is the best way to get them to come do that thing with you without teasing them or making fun of them or something like that? Set up scenarios. Like almost have like a backlog of scenarios in your mind that you can think of and sort of put in, in these role plays.
0: I love that. So how, what about when they're entering the realm of dating? Cause this is a tricky one because it's like everything gets all thrown off when you throw girls in the mix with the boys or vice versa, you know, all of a sudden they're hyper aware of themselves and it's like everything they've learned has gone out the window or something. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, it's just a nerve wracking time in general. Right. And I think acknowledging how they might be feeling and being able to relate with them, first of all, because so if you have ADHD, that executive functioning brain can be shutting down for that reason, but also Certain thoughts that we have can shut down our executive functioning. We all experience sort of an ADHD effect because we have a system inside of us. And we've talked about this, the mind-body bridging stuff before. That shuts down, that identity system shuts down your executive functioning. Okay. So we can all experience this, this effect that everybody has. So if they have ADHD and then they have stressors going on with it, it can also be shutting it down, Right. So just have you having empathy in that moment and like, okay, I can see that this might be a really stressful time because you um, aren't sure what to say, maybe on the date, or you're you're worried that you might not look the way you want to, or that you might do something that will um, make them not like you or something like that. Like that makes total sense. Guess what? We all feel that way when we Mm -hmm. went on our first dates and when we dated all the time. Right. And in fact, we all feel that way when we meet new people, Mm -hmm. right. Just normalizing a lot of this, right. So that they're not feeling alone and isolated and just naming the feelings can be really helpful because once they, once you can name that feeling for them, then they can come back and say to you, I'm feeling this way and you can listen for, so them to be able to sort of get those feelings out can be really helpful. And then it just opens up a conversation and if they're willing to share their fears and their worries about that with you, then you can offer right in that moment in your sandwich, right. And say, okay, so just remember girls really like it when you do this on a date. Okay. You know, know? (laughs) I can, I can tell you that, you know, and I oftentimes, one, one way that I really get into kind of talking about something with my kids, because they love to hear my stories of when I was younger, silly or embarrassing or just things that I learned. So I've learned that if I can start the conversation of, I remember when I went on my first date, do you want to hear about my first date? And I like, yeah. about your first date. And then you can say, I wish that I knew this before I went. Right. So it's, you're not telling them something specific but you're sort of relating it to a story and you can just kind of
0: store that in their little,
1: yeah. I wish I would have known how to do this, or I wish that the guy would have done this for me on the date. It wouldn't have been as awkward, Um, you know? And so you can sort of teach out of stories that way as well. And and it creates a connection and a relation like, whoa, you've been in the same spot I've been in.
0: I can listen to you." you. Identify. Yes. That is huge they're probably a little more open to getting feedback if they feel like you have common ground as well probably
1: exactly story can really create that yeah
0: so i am going to have two adult children officially starting next week oh my goodness and parenting adult children oh my goodness is just so different than Thank parenting you. younger ones so Thank i'm you. trying to like trying to maneuver these new waters What if you have adult children that have ADHD and are struggling in their relationships? Do you have any tips for that?
1: So first of all, you have to change your approach to the relationship, right? You're no longer their teacher. You're no longer their person that you're not responsible, I guess, I don't know if that's the right word, but for making sure they're doing the right thing. They're responsible for themselves and you don't want them to feel reliant upon you to do that right so you want to be the person that they feel comfortable and open coming to talk to right so i say the first thing that you need to do is be able to monitor your reactions when they talk
0: <laughs> yes
1: you have to be able to deal with your own stressors this is kind of what i do in my coaching business is i don't necessarily deal with kids and adhd but I deal more with the parents who are dealing with kids with ADHD and helping them control their own triggers and emotional triggers to that, because you can't help your kids do anything. If you're emotionally triggered, if
0: you're a hot mess, it's just, nothing's going to get through either direction.
1: And the, the best way is to learn how to, in the moment receive revelation to know what that person needs, right? Like they may need a listening ear. They may need advice. They may need somebody to, do something for them. But the only person that knows exactly what that other person needs is the savior. And if we want that information to know what it is that person needs in that moment and what it is that I can provide, we need to be in tune with the spirit to know. And when we get emotionally triggered, we disconnect from that line of revelation and we cannot receive nor give what that person needs. And that's kind of what I specialize in my coaching business now is really like, how can we deal with our own emotional internal triggers so that we can be present to lead our families through the spirit, right. And be able to do what's necessary for our families by removing those internal triggers. So I think adult parenting in, in adults is really, or when your kids are adults, you're not parenting them anymore, but you are a parent.
0: To them. I know you're kind of once a parent, always a parent, yes. but it's just in such yeah. a different way. Yes. And it's emotionally harder. Yes, it is so hard.
1: <laughs> so it's almost you. Uni- that's the number one thing that you can do is start learning. Like, okay, I have to take this step back and allow them to make these falls, right? And allow them to learn from that. But I also want to be the person that they can come to and rely on. So now I've got to take a look inward and see what's in within me that's keeping me from being the that that person that can one provide spiritual guidance for them, right. From the spirit, but to be a person that they want to come talk to because Mm -hmm. I'm not a reactionary person. Yeah.
0: Nikki, you're hitting it all right on the head. I just (laughs) love this so much. Okay. So one more little thing. So any tips for how we can have a better parent child relationship? Because I mean, at least for some things that I've read A lot of times those ones with ADHD kind of are just acting younger than they normally are. And it's sometimes really hard when you have an expectation of how they should act at a certain age, especially when maybe their siblings were a little bit more mature at those ages. Mm -hmm. And it just gets, it gets kind of tricky to keep that relationship up when you don't feel like they're meeting where they should be.
1: Yep. And draining.
0: So draining. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and, and you hit the nail on the head with the word should there. Okay. So that's one of the skills that I teach with my mind body bridging is how to, a should is what I call a requirement, something that has to happen a hundred percent of the time, because if it doesn't happen, it means I'm doing something wrong. Okay. So when we have shoulds in our life, it automatically we try to force things to be a certain way. Because if they're not that way, it means something negative about me. Mm -hmm. And so then we try to make it be that way. Cause I don't want that to mean that about me. Right. So, but we also don't want to lower our expectations or give up on that. Right. Like if I have the requirement that my kids should listen to me, it's not a bad thing. Right. But when I have the requirement that they do it a hundred percent of the time, otherwise it means I'm a failure as a mother then of course I'm going to try to force them to do it. Right. Super
0: unrealistic as well.
1: Right. (laughs) Yep. And then that affects my relationship because then I'm approaching it. I oftentimes we approach it in anger, passive aggressive, Mm -hmm. Um, the tone in which we, we kind of approach that just doesn't, it's not genuine. It's not helpful. It's not caring. And so it doesn't come off that way. So what I teach people to do is what I call diffuse those requirements. If you think of like a, a stick of dynamite that has a fuse on it, is to, if we take that fuse off that stick of dynamite, it's still a stick of dynamite, but it doesn't explode. So if we can defuse our requirements, we still have that same exact expectation, but when it doesn't happen, it doesn't blow us up. And we recognize that, hey, you know, I can have this want and desire. I can prefer that my kids um, follow instructions, but if they don't, I recognize and feel that it's not because I'm a failure. I recognize cause it's, it's cause they're human. They're using also, their agency in a way I don't right. like, but. <laughs> and then we also have that awareness and compassion for where they're at. Right. And like, okay, they are emotionally 11 here, even though they're in a 16 year old body mm-hmm. and, uh, and you can have compassion for that. And when you have compassion in that moment, then we approach things differently. Right. And it's not forcing yourself to get there. But it's using the right tools to diffuse it so that you reconnect with the spirit and the spirit provides that compassion for you.
0: I love that. That's so great. That is so great. And I can see that in so many interactions with my kids. When I come in and my fuse is lit and I'm just ready to fight, (laughs) (laughs) it's never, never good. And it's hard to step back from that, especially if something does need to happen in the moment. It's tough. that is really tough. So how can I, I mean, the other thing I've thought is, you know, how can I be of help to other kids that maybe aren't my kids? Maybe they're in my church group, or maybe they're just friends of my kids that are over and they're just struggling with their social relationships. Is there something that I can do as kind of just someone to love on them or, you know, maybe someone just helpful that's observing some things from the outside in. Yeah.
1: I think start with not being triggered, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes we can't approach them and be helpful or do anything if we're triggered. Right. So we have to learn to deal with our own triggers in that situation, but also think about someone who struggles with relationships that might have ADHD is probably hearing a lot of negative things about themselves and to them and changing and criticism. And so the best way is to build a relationship through recognizing them for who they are like trying to see through that and what their true identity is there's their their divine selves and acknowledging that divine self and letting them know that you see beyond that and what you do see is within them
0: and well, that- wouldn't
1: we all be better if everybody talked right. to us like that oh exactly. my goodness and wouldn't they want to approach you and then if you build a relationship through that then you can then, and this is probably months or maybe years of building a relationship, then be able to offer a feedback sandwich, right? But you're not going to go offer a feedback sandwich to somebody you just got put into a calling last month with, right? Right. Yeah. You oh. might be able to do little things like, Oh, I love you so much. Come here. Let's maybe go away from this little situation. You're just awesome. Thank you so much for coming up. Right. Like, right. Sandwiches, but you're not going to have like, you're not
0: going to dig deep. Okay. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I think that's great. I think that's awesome. Okay. I think we need to hear about your little journal thing that you were talking about at the beginning with. Yeah. So tell me all about those things. Okay, So this
1: is one of the ways that
0: I really seek guidance and help daily
1: from the spirit, right? Is being able to have um, consistent daily spiritual habits is the number one way that you can lead your family, be able to receive the revelation that you need and really prioritize your day through the spirit. Because if you're doing what the spirit wants you to be doing every single moment, you are saving tons of time. Okay. Because you're doing, you're, you're receiving information from a source that knows exactly where you need to be spending your time. Right. Yeah. You're also making connections and leading your family and yourself in a way that, um, is, is in alignment with
0: where God wants you to be. So which my is secret- actually a huge relief, isn't yes, it? Yes. It when feels start, so much more peaceful when you really feel like you're doing what you should be doing. Yep.
1: Yep. And so my seeking revelation journal is compiled of all of these things that I've learned throughout the years of of ways to connect with God. I do it in the morning and I just have some meditation time and connect with God. And, um, it has a meaningful prayer section so that you can learn to see the hand of God in your life, that you can see where God is answering your prayers and ways to break down your prayers into small, actionable Um, I call them breadcrumb prayers. Like God's not answering our big giant prayers every day. He's answering them with little tiny breadcrumb answers. So what if we broke that down into breadcrumb questions or asking for things for help, right? So it teaches you how to journal that out each day and to ponder your prayers before you say them. Because in, um, in the gospel topics essays, they talk about pondering your prayers and seeking guidance from the holy ghost about how and what you need to be praying for so we need to be seeking guidance from the spirit about what we need to be praying for before we pray for it so the journal helps you outline what you need to be praying what you, what the spirit wants you to be praying for before you pray for that and then there's like ways to write down your revelations um, as you receive them because president nelson has talked about the the best way to grow in your ability to receive revelation is to write your revelations down. Mm -hmm. So the journal sort of compiles all of those concepts and learning to align your will. And there's also sections about learning to ask questions before you study your scriptures and writing down your thoughts as you're studying. So you can receive the revelation that you need every day um, to really lead, lead your family the way you want to lead with them and create those consistent daily spiritual habits you have it right there. Right. And you can, um, kind of use that. And then every seven days there's, I've turned it into a 90 day journal. So you can see the progress that you're making Mm -hmm. over those 90 days to see what, um, and then every seven days it breaks it down to see where, where has God been pressing on my heart with these revelations? Like where am I not receiving revelation and how can I tweak or change what I'm asking for to align my will more with God? Rather than just sitting down and I call it the drive-through order prayer, where you just list all the things. <laughs> We've all done today, those. <laughs> and then you just expect to receive on the other end. I just recorded so a podcast. Where are my
0: French fries? Come on. Yes. Right.
1: yes. I have a whole podcast. So I cu- came out a couple weeks of weeks ago about the drive-through order. On okay.
0: Prayer. I want you to send me that link. We'll link up yes. to that. That'll be really cool. Yes.
1: So it's it just really about aligning with God and making connections with God. So I have the, the Seeking Revelation journal. Has all of that, plus a 10 day social media fast and questions to ponder after you fast and um, all these things that's compiled in there. And then this holiday season, I uh, teamed up with a graphic artist who wanted to make a mini version of that for their Relief mm. Society. Oh, <laughs> fun. Yes, we created a little mini version of it with just the prayer section and it's just 21 days and it's only $4 for the journal and um just gets you started in just maybe make, having meaningful uh connections through prayer and um it's a great ministering thing you can use it i'm i'm giving discounts to relief society presidencies that want to order awesome. bulk for their relief society and hand it awesome. out as a christmas present but so um, are, is yeah. it a
0: printed copy or is it digital or both or how are you printed. Distributing it yep it's printed it's
1: the, a little saddle version of okay it. so you saddle binding where it's just kind of super simple and, um, like five by eight little, little journal. Um, so it can be, it sounds like piece. a great
0: gift for your ministering sisters or would, yeah, even my young women. That would be amazing. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yep. So we have that. And then the bigger version is the 90 day journal that dives into a lot more about those revelations and, and, um, scripture study and aligning your will with God and actions that you want to take each day to to act on those revelations and and there's sections at the beginning of each of these journals that describe how to incorporate these concepts in so it's not just the journal there's like the the seeking revelation journal has like 14 pages of teaching before you even start about how to use the journal and and align your will a
0: lot more in depth Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you have taken this simple little handout that you had to be in this great bound work because it is so helpful. And I love even just your original seeking revelation booklet that you had because it, it's just amazing. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So just to repeat for people that maybe want to come to see you to order in bulk to mm-hmm. get a discount on that, should they just email you? What's the best yeah, way? to email contact? me?
1: Cause I'll do a separate invoice where you don't, it, you can purchase this. I'll send you the link where they can purchase okay. these online. If you're ordering less than a hundred, just order it online. Um, and then I ship it out. And then if you want more than a hundred, then they're only $3 okay. um, a journal. And then I'll just send you a separate invoice that you can.
0: And that's yeah. Nikki Olson, that's uh-huh. your email, Right. Okay. Yep,
1: at gmail.com. At and gmail.com. Then, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Good. My was the wrong. Is, yeah, my website's Nikki Olsoncoaching.com.
0: Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. was Nikki Olsoncoaching.com. Yes. I know I've been yep. there yep.
1: many times. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's in it
0: N-I-K-I-O-L-S-E-N. Good. Okay. And we're gonna we'll throw all these links in the show notes so you guys that listening can h- link up to these past episodes that we've had with Nikki, which has been so helpful, especially that other ADHD one, since we are talking about ADHD today, when we talked about sleep and we talked about homework, I mean, that really was super helpful with that. And then also your mind and body bridging just for all aspects of life when yeah. we're all having the feels of what our poor ADHD friends are feeling all the time. So, I mean, gosh, how many podcasts have we done together? Like tons. Cause <laughs> so I know many. there's so been far. a few more other than that too. Yeah. So I'll yeah. just have the Nikki list in the show notes yeah. and we'll just yeah. link yeah. up to all of that. And they can binge on Nikki for, and that
1: would be <laughs> awesome. and I have my own podcast. Yes. So Me. for all the things we haven't covered, you can hear yes. all of that as well. Yeah. So it's a 10 minute podcast comes out once a week and it's just to, uh, create inspiration and motivation. Um, I talk about a spiritual concept each week and how to implement that into your life. And, um, it's meant to be motivating, not, not to make you feel guilty or they're yeah. not doing enough. It's really more about, Hey, you're already doing what you need to be doing. You're doing great. Um, but it's just a great little pop in, get your spiritual, um, nourishment,
0: and then be able to kind of go on your way. I love that it's 10 minutes or less because it makes it, I can drive to the church and I've listened to the podcast. It's super great. I love that. It's for busy women. (laughs) It is. We are busy. We're running around just trying to do all these things. And I love how you've just broken so many things down for us to help. And is there anything else? I guess we should just say one more time where to find you. So let's yes. list your social c- handles and your website. So Nikki Olson
1: is my website. Yes. The and website. Same on, on social media, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at, uh, at Nikki Olson coaching. Okay. And then you can email me at Nikki Olson coaching, Nikki Olson coaching, coaching at gmail.com. Um, if you're wanting to, um, bo- order bulk, otherwise you can order both of those journals on my website. if you go
0: Okay. Ahead. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, you can the journals straight to in the show notes too, so they can find them easy.
0: Oh, for sure. We'll link. We'll have, we have lots of links, so we can put in there, so you can find all the things. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share before we? I don't think so. I just I think that the best way
1: that remember that parenting in general is difficult, oh, and then you're parenting so with with mental health in the mix, whether it's your own or whether it's other people. Or, can, both. <laughs> or both. Exactly. But it's important to reach out for support and help. And that's one of the reasons that I do what I do in, in the coaching world is that I don't feel like there's as many resources out there that combine mental health and spirituality together that you can receive. Like I do group coaching for women. We're going to open my group coaching program in January, where you can learn all of those skills that we talked about. I do it individually. If you're interested in just working with me individually, and I can teach you those skills or, um, I have the, the journals you can work on it on your own, but I also have a spiritual survival course where it, the, the journal is the workbook for the course. Mm-hmm. And then I dive a lot more into specific, um, skills about how to have consistent daily spiritual habits.
0: I love that, Nikki. I love you. You're the best. Thank you. I Thank could you. just, I just wish you would just come live by me, so I could just get my use dose in Blanding. My <laughs> <laughs> jobs in Blanding than it is in Dallas. I'm afraid. Oh, so true. So true. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic, though. I sure appreciate it, and just love you so much, and want Thank everyone to go you. see everything you're doing. So.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Okay, so I've got some more information for you on those journals that Nikki was talking about. So for right now, through November 14th, she has, uh, for her Meaningful Prayer journal, it's on sale, buy five, get one free, and you don't even need a code for that, that will just automatically apply in your cart. And then for her Seeking Personal Revelation journal, that is also on sale this week until the 14th, and she's got a code for us on that one. So to get 20% off the Seeking Personal Revelation journal, then your code there is going to be capital letters F-A-L-L-S-A-L-E FALSE SALE so it's fall SALE cap. so you're going to spell that capital F-A-L-L-S-A-L-E so you punch that in you get 20% off so I can't wait for you to go get that I am going to hurry up and go order some of those Meaning for Prayer journals right away because I can't wait to give those to friends for Christmas. I should have said this at the beginning, but I just wanted to let you know, I'm about to send out our Thanksgiving menu, all the recipes that we use at Thanksgiving. So desserts, appetizers, all the different sides, all the yummy different things that we use in our family for Thanksgiving. It's going out in our newsletter this coming week. So if you are not subscribed to our newsletter, it's completely free. And just go over to helpingofhappiness.com. And sign up for that so that you can have access to those Thanksgiving recipes. They're so delicious and it makes Thanksgiving so fun and memorable. And I think that you'll love it. So we also have some other really fun Thanksgiving activities that are on there. And Thanksgiving activity chore charts. I mean, just so many fun things for this month of gratitude. I'm so grateful for you as a listener. If you would like to, we would love it so much if you'd give us a rating review in the podcast app that you're listening. Have a great, great day.